Stone. I'm Peter. And I'm Felice. Welcome to our travel podcast. We're specialist travel writers and we've spent half a lifetime exploring every corner of the world. So we want to share with you some of our extraordinary experiences and the amazing people we've met along the way. Will you be able to sleep? That's the plan. I mean, you're not going to get the best sleep, but at least it gets you there and an extra day skiing. And maybe lie on the floor. I've taken a lot of night trains around the world and I I quite enjoy having a lie down, but obviously I appreciate it's not possible. We all met at uni um, and we used to have like up to 30 hour coaches, so this is... This is luxury. This week we're going skiing and letting the train take the strain. The downside is having to sit up all night for nine hours in your seat during the rail journey across Europe. The reward is a full seventh day on snow in a one-week holiday and being able to bring your own equipment and whatever luggage you want at no extra cost. Now, Travel Ski Express is a brand new charter that takes snow lovers from the Victorian Gothic splendour of St Pancras Station in central London directly to Moutier and Bourg-Saint-Maurice in the French Alps. These two towns are the railheads for a host of French resorts, and these include Les Arcs, La Plaine, Meribel, Tine and Val d'Isère. Well, there's nothing new here. Eurostar has been running direct trains to Bourg-Saint-Maurice on winter weekends since 1997, actually. Yes, but in 2020, to the horror of its regular snowbound customers, it dropped the surface, citing the pandemic as a reason. But in fact, the real reason was probably far more related to Eurostar's dire financial situation at the time and the need to concentrate on more lucrative intercity services. UK emergency laws prevented British skiers travelling to France that winter, and there was little or no prospect of services being restored for the following one. Enter Guillaume de Marciac and his French tour operator Travelski. This is the accommodation arm of CDA, or the Compagnie des Alpes, which happens to be the largest owner of ski lifts in Europe. Now, the absence of British skiers in the French Alps has been really hurting resorts in general, and CDA in particular. You see, British skiers are really important to the Alpine economy. Sure, the UK has hardly registered on the scoreboard of the Winter Olympics, but Until Brexit and the pandemic, they accounted for over 45% of winter clients in major resorts in France, 45% of the people who buy lift tickets. How could this be? Very simply, the vast majority of Europeans can only take vacations at set times of year. Brits, on the other hand, can traditionally take time off whenever it suits them. For example, in January, which is largely a no-go month among the French and others, major resorts rely on a high percentage of British to fill their beds. The situation was really hurting CDA where it hurts most, in its pocket. So Guillaume decided to do something about it. Now, in the past, Eurostar has always steadfastly refused to run charters from London. I know this personally because five years ago, I tried to arrange one on behalf of a major French resort, and the answer from top management was a resounding impossible. A consortium of British tour operators also tried without success, but I guess CDA has rather more firepower than all of us. And all of this is why Peter and I found ourselves on a Friday evening on the platform of St Pancras, along with 300 or so excited fellow skiers and snowboarders, waiting to board the first direct train of the winter to Moutier and Bourg-Saint-Maurice. It feels like an airport. It's not quite the train station experience. No, indeed. The passport and health security procedures seem pretty straightforward. But when we put our cases through the X-ray machine, I'm immediately red-flagged. 
I brought along a bottle of champagne to toast the departure of the first direct chartered Eurostar from London to the French Alps, and I failed to read the small print on my ticket. The night train is dry, no personal alcohol allowed, and none served on board. So I say farewell to my bottle of Moe as it disappears into a waste bin in security. I just hope the station cleaners manage to rescue it and pull the cork. Perhaps the no-alcohol rule is a good idea. If we want to ski tomorrow, it's better that we sleep rather than party tonight. Our seats are standard premier, which means that they partially recline, and we also get an airline-style dinner and breakfast the next day. At the start of the ski season, the decision by the French government to ban British visitors from the country means that we're leaving weeks behind schedule. But shortly after 8pm on the last Friday in January, the train pulls slowly out of St Pancras. Before you know it, we've slipped beneath the channel and are making our way slowly southwards. No doubt the train could be going a lot faster, but the idea is to reach Moutier at about 6am, no earlier, for our coach transfer to La Plagne, which is our destination for the next few days. Now that we are finally on our way and have already reached French soil, Guillaume has got a huge smile on his face. Guillaume, you must be very pleased that you finally got the project off the ground. So here we are. We just uh, left Lille and we're moving down now through France. So far, so good, yeah? So far, so good, as you say. We are very excited. Uh, it's been quite a journey. It's like a pregnancy, you know. It started all uh, nine months ago, back in April 21. We thought, uh, let's, let's go for this adventure. And here we are. And we, are, we have our first train running. So I'm quite pleased, yes, quite happy. And how many passengers have you got tonight? Tonight we have over 300 passengers, precisely 310, and which is quite, a, quite an amazing number in view of the context and the complexity of uh, organizing all this in the middle of the COVID crisis. Because unfortunately you missed the first six weeks of the season, but you still have, what, 12 rotations left? Yes, we do. 12 rotations, which is uh, quite a lot, and we're quite happy, and we're having, we're seeing a huge pickup, especially for the latter weeks of the, of the season. Obviously, for the very short term, most people have already organized uh, their, their holidays, but, but it looks pretty, pretty exciting, yes, for the rest of the season. I was talking to a group of lads sitting beside me, and they couldn't understand why they're here. They didn't understand what was going on, because they'd seen your, your website, they'd booked, they had no idea they were booking with a French tour operator, but they've always come on the train. They saw you had a train, so they come on it, and they're thrilled. Well, that's, that's the whole uh, story. Uh, we believe in train. We believe it makes this, those packages make a lot of sense. We did listen to what clients were looking for, and we know that many people were very fond of the ski train, and so resurrecting it and making it available again to the, to the English community is, is, a, is a great thing. So I'm glad they love it. So did Eurostar stop running the train for financial reasons or because of COVID? Well, I mean, I'm not here to comment about a Eurostar decision, so it's up to them to tell us or to tell you. What we know is that this partnership makes a lot of sense, both for them and for us, and we have really collaborate, collaborated together to build up this proposal, and now we, uh, we are happy to make it run, and in a couple of weeks, we will start to discuss whether we should continue, do it differently next year, maybe they will do it by themselves, maybe we will add another train by ourselves, uh, We'll see. But uh, for now, let's enjoy the first season. It's important to point out that this is really a charter train, right? It's not actually a scheduled service, although some of the people on it think they may be on a scheduled service, but they're not. You have to 
have booked with you to come on the train. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's clearly not a scheduled train. It's a fully owned train. I mean, a Traversky, Traversky train. And obviously, yes, the only way to book this train is to go through our to on our to get to our on our website and actually book on our website to to buy a package, including which includes not only the train but also includes some accommodation and a ski pass and a number of services which go together. Please, what do you think of the journey so far? Very comfortable. Nice, comfortable seats that recline. Wide seats, big table. Food, better than aeroplane food. Lots of room to stretch your legs. Go and walk around if you want to. It would be nice to have some screens so you could watch something. But um, I suppose everyone has their own, so it doesn't matter. There's a lot of people on board with skis, and there's plenty of room for all the luggage. That's the best thing. You can have all your washing things with you in your hand luggage. You can take as much as you want with you, plenty of room. So you don't have to worry about weighing your luggage or anything like that. The only thing is when you go through security, you have to lift your suitcase up quite high by yourself and then get it off again for it to go through the x-ray machine. So you want to be strong and have a good back. What have you eaten this evening, Peter? Well, I've had uh, macaroni cheese and spinach, which was not bad at all. And Coke and a cup of coffee. You? I've had vegan option, which is marinated mushrooms with charred vegetables, um, which was quite good, yeah. And fruit salad afterwards. Well, now in a minute, we've got to try and see if we can get a bit of shut eye. That's going to be difficult because everyone's very chatty around us. They do supply you with eye masks, but that's not going to help you. We've brought with us our own cushions, and I've bought earplugs, so hopefully you can get a bit of sleep. And I've bought my own pashmina as a blanket, too. The trouble is, as you can hear, everyone's pretty excited at the thought of skiing tomorrow morning. And uh, I don't know how much sleep we're going to get, but we're going to try anyway. So, a bit of a sleep. Not much, I have to say. But now it's 4.20 in the morning and we're having breakfast. It's a bit early for me, especially when they came and asked me if I wanted to cook breakfast. Anyway, we're getting off in an hour and a half, so I suppose it's now breakfast time. We're going to get off at about quarter to six in the morning, which I have to say is a bit tough. But hey, we're going skiing. Arriving in Muchi in around 15 minutes. Please get off the train at the next stop. If you are traveling to Meribel, Les Menuires, La Plagne, or Bride, if you are leaving us here, please gather all your belongings ready for arrival. Thank you. Here we are on Moutier Station. So, uh, how much sleep have you had, please? Um, probably four hours, I should think, okay. because they started turning on the lights and serving breakfast quite early. Yeah. And there's a bit of chat, people chatting till about 11. So, yeah, it was okay. An hour to wait now before we can get our coach up to La Plan. It's kind of a long morning already, isn't it? Definitely is, yeah. And when we get to our hotel, we don't know if we can check in or not. We'll have to see when we get there. Maybe we'll be lucky. We'll find out. We've chosen to stay in La Plane. It's one of seven travel ski destinations this winter. And we've chosen it because it's close to Moutier. And also because we haven't been there for several years. 
La Plan is one, but 11 resort villages scattered across the mountain at different altitudes. Most of them are purpose-built, but there's also some traditional villages such as Champagny and Montchevin, and it's linked by a giant cable car to Les Arcs. Together, they form the Paradis Ski area with a huge 435 kilometres of linked piece. You'll never run out of terrain here. Some people claim that La Plan offers just motorway skiing for intermediates, but that's not fair at all. Of course it suits holidaymakers who want to put a big mileage beneath their feet each day. After all, it's a huge area of immaculately groomed peace for all standards. But it also suits beginners, families and, you're not expecting this, extreme skiers. As we were about to discover, there's some serious steeps here off piste. And no, there's nothing benign or boring about that planned ski area, I can tell you. We were booked into a hotel at Plan Centre. Not the prettiest, but one of the most convenient purpose-built villages at an altitude of 1970 metres. Transfer time up from Muccia was just 30 minutes and dawn broke to reveal perfect bluebird day, cold and sunny. What more could we want? As expected, our room at the three-star Bellambra Club La Terra Nova wasn't quite ready. But after another breakfast, we changed into ski gear, grabbed rental skis and met up with our guide, Thierry. And we were raring to go when the lifts open at 9am. Ready to ski? Hmm. Tired, but not ready to go to sleep yet. Who would be on such a perfect day? So what do you want to do, said Thierry. Well, what we thought we should do is to explore as many of the pieces we can so that we can see how they all link together. We're only here for a couple of days, and it's been a while since we were here. Bad idea, said Thierry, checking the signals from our avalanche transceivers. It's quite a big week here with the half-term holidays coming up. I think we'll go off-piste. I've got a great itinerary for you, and you'll enjoy this, and it's a chance to see a bit of Laplace wildlife along the way. Thierry, as we were about to discover, doesn't do peace. So we're down in Champigny-le-Haut, which is a little hamlet above Champigny itself. Uh, it's just got cross-country skiing by the look of it. And cross-country is about what we've been doing. We've come down a cliff face, as far as I can see. Looking back up at where we've been, it's, it's really quite extraordinary that we got here in one piece. All thanks, I have to say, to Thierry, our guide, who got us expertly down. But sure, it was something I really wanted to do. Please run us through what we've done over the last two or three hours. Well, our guide, ESF guide, he said that because it's quite crowded on piste, it's the weekend now, and therefore lots and lots of people here, um, we would avoid it and go off piste. We haven't done anything like this for a few years, so we were not at all sure. And he, Anyway, he assured us that it would be a nice, lovely, flat, open powder field. hasn't snowed here for some weeks, but it's north-facing, so it would be protected. And he was right. It's gorgeous, open powder field. We had lots and lots of turns through powder, not very steep. And then I sort of suspected that it was on a plateau and that you actually have to get off the plateau at some time. And that's what we had to do. Yeah, well, he did tell us that it would, uh, towards the end, it would be a little bit of a narrow path, as he put it, where we would sort of sideslip and uh, stop and look up. And with a bit of luck, we should see quite a lot of wildlife. And that we would see Town, which is a kind of mountain goat with huge horns. Uh, and they go for cliff faces. We should have thought of that one. Uh, and we maybe see a few vultures and perhaps an eagle even. But anyway, 
we, we carried on down through the powder field, which was pretty good. I have to say, this could have been a lot worse than what we, I'm about to tell you the worst bit, but it, it could have been a lot worse because he wanted to start from up on the glacier and take us down a, another um, quite a difficult piece of off-piece first. But fortunately, fortunately uh, for us, um, the high winds had closed the uh, lifts up to the glacier. So we started from the Rock de Mir, which is itself high enough. I think it's 2,700 or something. And, and head down into or rather towards the valley. And, and Fleece is right. The, the, the turns through the powder in the middle were sensational. I mean, three, three weeks, three and a half weeks since it snowed, when there was this glorious untouched field with uh, ice crystals dancing on top of the snow. And it was really, really beautiful. And then it just uh, kind of got a bit worse. And first of all, we went down a very narrow path, which you had to side slip. And then the snow ran out. Then there was more snow. Well, when the snow ran out, we could clamber over it on our skis. It was sort of grassy. Then there was a bit more snow, much narrower. Then the snow ran out altogether, so we had to take our skis off. And Well, it was very narrow. I mean, I guess it was probably uh, a little bit over a metre. And dropping away on the left-hand side, completely sheer for, I don't know how many feet, but uh, I wasn't going to look too close to the edge to find out. And the edge was crumbling a bit, so uh, you had to think very carefully where you put each footstep. But our guide had sort of feet like a, like a Buka town, really, and uh, he just sort of uh, strolled forward with our skis, and uh, uh, occasionally he put the skis down, and he came back, and he helped us with our footsteps. But this whole process took, what, how long did it take? An hour and a half, I think. Normally, when you have those things, you, you think, oh, well, you know, we'll do 100 meters like this, and then we'll be back on the snow. But we would sort of turn corners on this. It wasn't really a path at all. It was just a sort of um, ledge. Like in, a, ledge. Le- a ledge on the, on the cliff face. And then when you turned a corner, which was not easy in itself, uh, uh, you could see the same conditions stretching out for maybe three or 400 meters ahead, and then no sign of snow. So on and on we went, very slowly turning corners, working our way down the cliff face, till finally, what a relief, we got onto the piste at the bottom. Well, piste is not the word. Actually, what we got onto was uh, the same ledge, slightly wider, with some traces of snow on it, enough certainly to uh, to ski on. And uh, so in a sort of glorified side slip, we carried on down this for maybe another quarter of a mile or something like that. We had to go... Pole along the cross-country or over the cross-country track, and I was so exhausted. Well, I can't tell you the sense of relief to be one down in one piece. And to look back up, uh, you wouldn't think any, any human or indeed any goat could have come down there. But we did. And the reward was uh, the refuge that we've just been into. Which was a beautiful old place decorated with lots of old books and funny hats and mountain eclectica and um, really warm and cosy and delicious food, really delicious. So it was it was worth it for that. That refuge, by the way, is called Refuge du Bois. I had a croûte au fromage, one of the traditional dishes of the Savoie, an haute Savoie. I mean, it really was some of the best mountain food I've ever had. The dish is basically bread soaked in wine, topped with melted cheese. I had goat's cheese on mine, and then a fried egg on top. If that doesn't get your legs working again after a morning like that, nothing will. So a taxi took us from champigny le to the main ski resort village of Champigny, from where we caught a gondola back up into the main ski area. Thierry led us home, of peace it has to be said whenever possible, we're just avoiding the crowds on piste, he said. Personally, 
I suspect a true mountain man like Thierry avoids groom slopes whenever he possibly can. So finally we returned to the Terranova as the light was fading, exhausted but absolutely exhilarated. What a day. The train? That was yesterday, wasn't it? Well, it's been a great couple of days. After that first truly incredible one, weather-wise we've had a bit of a whiteout today, but hey, that's a ski holiday. We made our way across La Plaine for lunch at Chez Pat de Sauger, above Montchevin, located just above the cable car link to Les Arcs. And at irregular intervals we've been coming to Pat's for years and years, and it's really refreshing to discover that it's still the same family-run business that it always was, with the simplest of menus at still sensible prices. Madame may have handed on the business to her children, but hey, she's still out there handing out the genopy. We've now handed our skis back to El Pro, the small shop in the mall at Plain Centre, but we thoroughly recommend them for rentals. We got exactly the kind of skis we wanted, and the service, with a huge smile, was absolutely brilliant. Now we're having dinner at Pepe & Co., very pleasant little pizza place in Plain Centre, on the edge of the piece, and outside the snow is softly falling on the terrace. Please, home tomorrow. Thoughts on La Plaine overall as a destination? Well, I think my favourite villages in La Plaine are Belle Plaine and Plain Village, um, because I find them more attractive. But overall, it doesn't matter where you stay. The skiing is good, and you can get everywhere. It's all very convenient. And I think probably the best sort of person it suits is a family with sort of young children because there's a nursery and kindergarten and ski school in every village. The peace skiing is quite tame. There's some serious skiing for advanced skiers as well, isn't there? Yeah, you are taken by surprise because everyone thinks of La Plana as having motorway skiing. Well, it doesn't. It does have nice wide piece, but it also has some very steep off-piste as well. I think the train is very good value, and I like the thought of it's environmentally friendly, better than flying. And I don't think it takes any more time to go by train than it is to go by air because you get delays and things like that, whereas you don't normally on the train. Yeah, I certainly come back and by train. It's it's a good way to travel. Our homeward transfer to Geneva Airport is a bit of a treat. In keeping with our low-carbon arrival by train, Della from Coolbus, a business based in Bourg Saint-Maurice down the road, is going to pick us up in her Tesla for the 125-mile run to the Swiss airport. If you want to know more about Travel Ski and the charter train, check out www.uk.travelski.com. And if you want to know more about La Plan, go to en.la-plan.plane. Dot com. And for that Tesla experience, or less exotic airport transfers in the French Alps, talk to Della at thecoolbus.co.uk. That's all for now. If you've enjoyed the show, please visit our website, actionpacktravel.com, or you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or any of the many podcast platforms. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love you to sign up for our regular emails too at peter at actionpacktravel.com. Until next week, stay safe. And I am you. And you are me. It's just a crazy story.